joy of reunion dominates the whole pier. The Outline World Dispatch. It's Tuesday, January 9th, 2018. I'm Aaron Edwards. Today on The Dispatch, I dive into the wonderful world of iconic moments at award shows. And Ander Gallo looks at American Ninja Warrior and what it means for women athletes. Here's The Dispatch. Culture. The Golden Globes were this past weekend, and everyone is still talking about the speeches. A few months ago, I professed my own love for acceptance speeches, and we think the time is right to revisit what makes them so appealing. There are a few things in life that are more exciting and thrilling to me than watching famous people stumble through their thanks for their mom. I want to thank my mom. My mom. My mom. My mother. And for God. I have to thank God. I thank God. Yeah, uh, God. And for anyone else who they're thinking of in the moment is important. My lawyer, thank you so much. When I'm depressed or when I'm happy, when I'm tired, when I'm bored, I just go through this YouTube spiral of a bunch of celebrities just accepting awards. There are a few scripts people follow when they win awards. And the Oscar goes to? There is the uh, moment where the person announces that the person's won an award, which is probably one of my favorite moments because everyone else who lost has to react. And you only get a split second to see it too. Like they cut away to the person who wins almost immediately. But when I watch these videos, I will loop the people who have lost hundreds of times because I just want to see their reaction. And then is the dreaded getting up on the stage moment. And one of my favorite moments ever is Margaret Martindale when she won her Emmy for Justified. This is her first moment to be like, thank you all for supporting my career. I know you all know that I'm amazing, but thank you for finally giving me this award. And she stumbles up the stairs a little bit. I don't want to say that I felt a sense of joy in that moment because it's it's awful obviously seeing someone fall up the stairs, but it's just purely Margot. Sometimes things just take time. <laughs> the approach the mic moment is very amazing because some people as they approach the mic are already crying. Like when Halle Berry won her Oscar, which was a historic moment, and she's wearing this beautiful dress and, her, you know, her hair looks amazing and she's just like, you know, shaking and trembling and approaching this mic, which is like the most amazing moment of her life. And she's completely breaking down. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> As a kid, my family would watch award shows all the time and I would just sit there and you know, honestly, just think about what it might be like to get an opportunity to stand in front of people and just say, like, I love what I do. I love what I do. And I don't need this, but now that I have it, I've got some things to say. Um, and then there's actually the thanking. When Lin-Manuel Miranda was accepting his Tony Award for Best Original Score for In the Heights, he turned it into a rap. I used to dream about this moment, now I'm in it. Tell the conductor to hold the baton a minute. I'll start it's just really great because he was taking this thing that he really loved and applying it to his speech. All these moments are great, but the one that everyone waits for is when the music starts playing out and they start, you know, playing out the person if they're taking too much time. I know I have a little bit of time, so I'm gonna rush and say everybody, and you cut away, I won't be mad at you. There's this one really good acceptance speech that Patti Lapone gave when she won for Gypsy, 
Patti LuPone had not won a Tony Award in a few decades, and they're playing her out, and she literally yells at the orchestra. She's like, shut up! Shut up! It's been 29 years! <laughs> Who took the rest with me? A moment that really made me completely solidified in my love for acceptance speeches was when Moonlight won over La La Land. Guys, guys I'm sorry. No, there's a mistake. This, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. Come on, this is not a joke. Come this on. is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. That kind of like completely shook the foundation of what we all expect to happen. And it was great TV. It was like live reparations. That moment was what really locked me in where I was like, this is the good stuff. Like, this is my shit. You should watch acceptance speeches if you are feeling dejected, if you're feeling uninspired, because there are some where you can completely tell the person cares about what they do, and they might inspire you to keep doing the thing that you want to do. You should also watch them if you want to see people completely embarrass themselves in front of millions of people, because that is a beautiful thing. If you just want to watch a famous person who you think is perfect, who you think has their shit together, just completely lose it and break down in front of all these people, that is what you should do. You should just completely get into a full spiral of, of YouTube videos of acceptance speeches. Culture. On a recent episode of American Ninja Warrior, competitor Jesse Graff became the first woman in the history of the show to complete stage two of its notoriously difficult obstacle course. Jesse Graff, we called her Wonder Woman. I'm she is truly I'm a hero. I'm out of here. Making I'm history here. again. I'm here. She hits the buzzer on stage two. Yes. First woman ever to do so. It was an historic moment on the show and an exciting one for A&W's approximately 6 million viewers. But Graf's accomplishment reflects the failings of the rest of the sports world, even though her sport is barely included in that world at all. Like most sports, American Ninja Warrior runs in seasons. But unlike most sports, it began as a TV show. Welcome back to American Ninja Warrior's USA versus the World competition. Each season of A&W, a spin-off of the Japanese show Sasuke, features a group of competitors trying to make it through a series of entertaining but strenuous obstacle courses that get progressively harder with each episode. And thanks to its televised origins, the competition itself falls somewhere between sports and reality TV. Despite its hazy genre, or maybe because of it, A&W is doing something that so many professional sports leagues are unlikely to have even seriously considered, eschewing gender segregation. Jesse Graff completes stage two. Not history. History has just been made. When it comes to adults in sports, mixed gender competition is reserved for the unserious and the amateur. A company softball team, a neighborhood kickball league, a friendly ultimate frisbee club. But gender integration rarely exists in quote unquote serious sports like basketball, baseball, and soccer. When it comes to that category, where the high physical ability required is taken for granted, a woman beating or simply competing against a man is treated like a sensation. 
Only on a reality competition show would something so potentially scandalous take place. No matter what color your skin is, and no matter what gender you are, we're all ninjas. We are witnessing history! There was no real gendered prestige to lose, like in, say, the NFL, because it was never there in the first place. American Ninja Warrior returns Monday, June 12th on NBC. The show started on the tech network G4. There, it was hosted by television personalities. But now in its ninth season, and its sixth on NBC, its on-screen hosting cast includes a sports analyst and a sports reporter. Oh, look at this technique. You see how she's using the counter way through the double wedge? Competitors are regularly covered on ESPN.com. And the success of the show has prompted A&W-inspired gyms and even the establishment of an amateur competitive league. Reality TV's experiments with gender lines are rarely good. Remember a shot at love with Tila Tequila? Uh, But American Ninja Warrior has the right idea. And thanks to the example set by competitors like Jesse Graff, Casey Catanzaro, and Megan Martin, more and more women are applying to compete. Even if the gender representation of the competitors starts to balance out, some people will insist that athletes like Graff are outliers that there aren't that many women out there that can compete at such high levels with men. But Graf is a professional stunt actor and can support herself while training to be in top physical shape. Because of pay inequality, even professional women athletes are forced to divert their focus away from their sport to find ways to get by. So it's easy to understand where the disparities lie, and it's not with women's athletic abilities. Is a and a sport? Who cares? It's an athletic competition born solely out of the desire to make profitable television that somehow still manages to be more socially progressive than professional capital S sports. What do you think this says for women and the rest of the competition as the years go on? The fact that you were able to complete this stage, what does that say? It says we can do anything. And Derek Gallo is a staff writer at The Outline. That's it for The Dispatch. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Aaron Edwards. More stories tomorrow morning. <laughs>